In their best win of the season thus far, the Kings pull out the 127-120 to victory at home against the Cleveland Cavaliers. The, this moves the Kings to 4-6 and six on the season and hands Cleveland their second straight loss, which moves Cleveland to 8-3 and three on the season. This was by far, by far the best game that the Kings have played this season. And honestly, the best game they've played in a long, long time. This is a really good Cleveland team. And the Kings came out strong. And they continued to be in the game, ahead in the game, most of it. And then even when Cleveland made their run in the fourth, tied it up, the Kings were able to bounce back even from a rough call there was a rough call and from that point the kings bounced back from the cleveland run and were able to put the game away this this is the game that i am calling the harrison barnes game harrison barnes has been terrible all season and in this game you could just tell from the very start of this game that he was locked in it wasn't just about his shot going in, because he missed his first shot. But he, I feel like the biggest place that he impacted this game was rebounding. Because Cleveland is such a big team, and they did end up out-rebounding the Kings by a lot. I know that they were, they had nine offensive rebounds by halftime to the Kings' zero, and were out-rebounding the Kings by 11 at halftime. The Kings ended up getting out-rebounded by 18 in this game. But I think Barnes Barnes led the team in rebounds. He had nine. And I think he had so many rebounds in this game that he just wasn't getting before. There were so many times when he would jump up for a rebound and just snatch it out of the air in moments where I was thinking, this is the type of offensive rebound that we give up. But not this game. Harrison Barnes was really good rebounding. And his shot was also there. He was 2 for 4 from 3, 6 for 8 from the field, and he scored 20 points in this game, which is a I believe tied for his season high. But the the most important thing along with the rebounding really is the defense because he doesn't need to be there every game offensively because this team has a lot of offensive options. But defensively is where this team really needs him to be a wing defender that can guard multiple positions and be able to switch onto multiple players. And he did a really good job of that. There were In past games, there were just so many times where he would just get run by so easily. And in this game, you just didn't see it. He was switching on to guys like Darius Garland or Donovan Mitchell, and he was doing a good job. And I think him being matched up against Evan Mobley, I think that's the type of matchup that suits him. Being more of a power forward against a bigger guy who's not as quick. Mobley's very athletic, but he's not super quick. Not like a guard or a fast wing, a small wing. Mobley's just a bigger guy, and I think Barnes matches up better against a guy like that because he's strong, and he he can't get back down in the post. Along with Barnes, another guy who's been playing poorly these last few games who did not 
play uh, as poorly this game is Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray had uh, 14 points on four for seven from three-point land, and he seemed more confident in his shot today. I think he still suffered a bit defensively. I think when where he suffers defensively is when he is forced to make a rotation or switch or be in some kind of non-man-to-man defense, you know, playing in a zone. I think he gets confused, and when there's kind of a chaotic possession, he gets lost. But when he is just one-on-one against a guy and that's it, he's a pretty good defender. He's not great when a guy's, like, running full head of steam downhill at him, but he's pretty good in the half court against just one-on-one against guys. And hopefully the the other defensive kind of awareness things come as he uh, as he gets more minutes in the NBA. Early in this game, DeMontis Sabonis really set the tone. He just went right in, right at Jared Allen. In the last podcast, I was really talking about how I thought Jared Allen and Evan Mobley and the big guys on Cleveland were going to cause problems for Sabonis and for Fox. But that really was not the case at all. Jared Allen was a non-factor defensively in this game. He only had one block, Mobley had no blocks, and Sabonis was so easily taking him into the post, and Sabonis is just stronger than Jared Allen. Jared Allen may be longer, he may be taller, he may be more athletic, but he's not stronger than Sabonis. And Sabonis really used that to his advantage, and he drew a lot of fouls. He went to the free throw line uh, 12 times, made 11 of them. And that's nice to see. It's nice to see his free throw shooting coming back to where it should be after some early season woes that were uncharacteristic of him. Darren Fox didn't have the greatest scoring game, but he did make some really good plays offensively still. His mid-range shot is automatic at times. It's so He's so smooth with it when he goes around the screen, kind of works the screen. There's the one play he went around a Sabonis screen, then kind of backpedaled and just into a smooth jumper. That was nothing but net. And he also had eight assists and zero turnovers. A really good floor game for him. And he ran the offense well along with Sabonis. But the the place where De'Aaron Fox shined in this game was where he's been shining all season long. And that's at the defensive end. He was really good at the end of the game when he got subbed back in for Davion Mitchell. Throughout the game, um, Donovan Mitchell had been being guarded by Keegan Murray along with Davion Mitchell when the bench was out there. And Donovan Mitchell was on fire in this game. He could not miss. And Fox took the assignment late in the game with about two and a half minutes to go. And he locked him down. I don't think Donovan Mitchell scored in those last two and a half minutes. Um, He may have scored. uh, He scored like a dunk at the end. That didn't matter. But um, Fox locked 
locked him up and I think he got I don't know if he got credited for the steals but he got two steals at the end he may have because it says he has three steals on the game and also while I'm looking at steals it, looking at the box score Sabonis had three steals Barnes had two steals Keegan Murray had two steals Garen Fox had three steals Kevin Herter had two steals that's insane that the starting lineup each one had over over a steal that is incredible and really shows the defensive intensity that they were playing with to get those deflections to get those steals the defense was by no means great um cleveland was punishing um sabonis in the pick and roll and obviously donovan mitchell is just going off karis lavert had a really good game getting into the paint and they were killing us in the paint but I think the turnovers uh, that we forced them to make were really the key to defending enough to allow our offense to win this game. Darren Fox has just made such a leap this season defensively. And I think if he makes the all-star team, that's going to be one of the main reasons why. And I think that's going to be one of the main reasons why that this team is good. And this team being good is going to be the reason that he makes an all-star team if he does. And then the last starter, Kevin Herter, had a quiet game up until the fourth quarter, scoring-wise. But then in the fourth quarter, he did some things that I absolutely loved. And there was drawing fouls. And these weren't fouls where he, you know, was getting into the paint and getting fouled or something like that. These were just drawing fouls out of nowhere. There was just, you know, one time he got the ball, he got the ball and did a rip through, got a foul call, got two free throws late in the game because we were in the bonus. That was huge to get a two point lead because it was tied at that time. And then I don't know if it was the possession after that or a few after that. He gets an offensive board and, and draws or draw, drew a loose ball foul to go to the free throw line again. He ended six for seven from the free throw line. He was just getting to the line late in that game, which helped hold off uh, a Cleveland run at the end of the game where they, they tied it up. Herter still isn't great defensively. I think I expected more from him defensively than he's given this season. Um, he gets driven past too easily. So that's definitely my my criticism of him. But he was working really hard to get those um, fouls on the offensive end when his shot wasn't falling or when he wasn't getting clean looks. And I, I loved that. And now moving on to the bench. And this is the thing that I've been really looking forward to to talking about um, because the bench has gotten so much better from the start of the season. I think Mike Brown has really figured out his rotations and the roles that he get, wants guys to play. Trey Lyles came out on fire. He did this. He came out and did the same move twice where he pump fake and drove to the basket. And then he hit a three. He scored seven straight points at one point. And He's shooting something like 39, 40% from three, something like that. 
I think after this game, it might be over 40%. He was four for seven from three, which is very much necessary um, for the spacing on that bench unit. And then there's Chemezi Metu, which is the really interesting part. Rashawn Holmes got another um, DNP. So it's it's really hard to see him ever getting back into the rotation. But right now, Chemezi Metu is the backup center. And he's playing his role really well. And there was one point in the game where I think it was De'Aaron drove into the paint, drew two guys, and he kicked it out to Chemezi wide open for three, and he kind of pump fake, hesitated, and then traveled. And the reason I'm pointing that out is because he's not shooting threes. And he did shoot one after that because he realized when he's wide open, he should probably shoot it and not hesitate. But he's not a great three-point shooter. And I so I love the role he's playing now where he's not trying to take three-point shots that are not wide open and that he's really just playing his role out there not being an offensive player just going out setting screens and crashing to the hoop and getting dunks which is what we thought Rashawn Holmes was going to do but he just hasn't been but Shemezi Metu is the one who's going to the basket catching these alley-oops dunking on Jared Allen like he did in this game which was awesome and He's been everything that we thought Rashawn Holmes was going to be. Uh, Davion Mitchell in this game, he didn't score a lot, he had, but he had seven points, which is fine, three assists. He was really good defensively in the fourth quarter. He had a stretch of four or five possessions where he locked his guy up each time. Uh, he wasn't always on Donovan Mitchell in those possessions, but a few of them were. And he, you know, he didn't stop Donovan Mitchell every time when he was guarding Donovan Mitchell because you just, Donovan Mitchell was on fire. You're not going to stop him every time. It is a bit concerning that in back-to-back -back games you have guards going off uh, on us. You know, Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, those are two really offensively gifted players but still it's a, a bit of a concern not a trend you want to see keep going uh forward but uh i thought davion did a good job in the fourth quarter defensively i was a bit worried about malik monk early in the season i'm like is is he not as good as we thought he was you know is he was he just that good last season because he was playing along LeBron James and LeBron was getting him in the right spots. But no, he Malik Monk had a really good game. He's definitely back. He had 14 points and five assists and he closed out this game. And what was really important for him was the playmaking down the stretch because early in the game or kind of throughout the whole first three quarters, he was looking for his own shot. There are times when I'm like, go to the basket, go to the basket, and he'll step back for a three and miss it, which I don't love. But in the fourth quarter, he made the right decisions because he was handling the ball and Fox was playing off ball. And he made the right decisions by getting the screen, 
getting into the lane and distributing from there, which was one of the reasons that we closed out this game. And I can't I can't remember if it was him who made the pass, but someone on on the Kings made that pass out to Kevin Herter for three. And it was kind of the three that got the Kings that separation at the end of the game. And the crowd went crazy for it. I think it made it a six-point game with was it like 50 seconds to go, and that was kind of it. And that was that was such an amazing shot. And that's why Kevin Herter is amazing, because he hadn't been shooting well, but he got himself going by getting to the free throw line, and then he hit the big three and ended up going two for five from three this game with 14 points. Uh, just one more thing on Trey Lyles. I Trey Lyles was really good for us at the end of the year, but you see that sometimes when guys are, you know, it's the end of the year and these role players kind of have really good performances, but that's not really who they are. You know, it's kind of the end of the season. Maybe some people aren't trying as hard in there and the role players are trying really hard to impress. Um, and it's kind of a fluky performance. And I, I, I thought that might be the case with Trey Lyles, that he wouldn't be as good as he was last year coming into this season. But he has just been exactly what we've needed off the bench in terms of shooting. But he's also aggressive when he needs to be. And he's just solid defensively. You know, you kind of look at a guy like Damian Jones, who was really good um, for us last season at the end of the season when Sabonis and Holmes were both out and he was starting at center. And it's kind of been the opposite for him where he has, he went to the Lakers and he has fallen off. I don't even know if he's playing. He hasn't been good. And maybe it's just because he went to the Lakers and that team doesn't suit him, which it definitely doesn't suit him because there's no spacing, but he's definitely fallen off from where he was last season, whereas Trey Lyles, has not at all. One guy who didn't play in this game was Terrence Davis. And I think the reason for that is because he he plays in those small ball lineups as a small ball, small forward. But against the Cavs, I think we just didn't want to do that, that those small ball lineups. Because it would just be too small against a big Cavs team. You know, I... I I think he had a good game last game, and I don't think him not playing has anything to do with his performance. I think it's just matchups for this game. So I think we'll see him back in the rotation probably um, against the Lakers in the next game. The bench for the Kings has definitely become what I thought it would be, and that's a, a positive. Instead of just a, we need to hold on when the bench is in, it's become... A positive where our bench is beating other teams' benches. And that's what I thought it was going to be at the start of the season. Because this team does have depth. And I think they've just figured it out now. Also, one more thing before I get into previewing the next game. Shout out to the Cavs for having the best uh, center hair duo in the league. With obviously Jared Allen, literally nicknamed The Fro great hair, and then off the bench, Robin Lopez with his great hair. Just a, a great hair duo there. So shout out to them for that. 
And one guy that I haven't mentioned on the Cavs, Darius Garland. He was not good in this game. He didn't do anything. Six points, eight assists, but four turnovers. He he could not get anything going offensively. You know, he had eight assists. He's always going to have the assists, but he was not good. And if he had been good, then this game would have definitely gone differently. But uh, But the fact that one of Cleveland's kind of three stars was not going off definitely helped us out and made sure that we had a chance in this game. Looking forward to the next game, it is in LA against the Lakers, one of the worst teams in the league thus far. They are 2-9. and nine. They lost tonight to the Clippers in the Battle of LA. And in that game, LeBron did pick up an injury. I don't remember what type of injury it was, but I know that he said he feels okay. You know, what, what does that mean? I have no idea. Um... So we we'll see if he plays in this game, uh. But it really shouldn't matter. I mean, obviously, if he doesn't play, we should win, no doubt. But if he does play, this is still a very winnable game. Lakers are not a good team. Their offense is one of the worst in the league, if not the worst. They have picked it up slightly since Westbrook went to the bench. He got benched, and he's been player playing better offensively, but this is a team that the Kings just should beat, and there's not much else to it. Um, they are a very good defensive team, but I think the Kings' offense is good enough to deal with that as long as we run everything through Sabonis and Fox and you know Malik Monk or Davion Mitchell have it even somewhat going off the bench. This should be a win. It seems like we've yet to play a bad team at home, though. We've we've played, I think, the bad teams we've played so far. There have only been two, I think, in Charlotte and in Orlando. You know, we've played other teams with bad records, but I don't think the Warriors record or the Heat record really reflect the teams that they really are. But now another away game against a bad team. So I think... A 4-6 and six record up to this point, mostly when we've been competitive in every game, and we got robbed of at least overtime in two of those games. I think a 4-6 and six record is really good. Things are looking up, and at some point we're going to be playing bad teams at home. And, I mean, if we keep beating bad teams on the road, this is definitely looking like a playoff push so far this season. I think the way that the Kings have played. This is a, a very good four and six record. You know, this is not a, a bad four and six record where we got blown out in those, you know, six losses and the four wins were against really bad teams. I don't think that's the case at all. And I, I really think that this team has looked really good in mostly in the last, mostly in the last six games. But anyways, that is it for this episode of the Royal Report. If you are on YouTube, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And if you are listening to the audio version of the podcast, make sure to leave a rating and a review. And I will see you guys next time. Peace.